Hi guys, this is Maria and Manos and you're watching On The Couch with Eminem. The show to help you build fun and profitable businesses. Hi guys and welcome back to On The Couch with Eminem. Joining us again once more, third week in a row. Welcome back, Rick. I feel like I'm a dog. Like yeah. every every year, a human's living. They live in seven. Like a week for me feels like it's like it's just gone through. It's amazing. <laughs> but in all honesty, we could be here all day and, and could do, do the episodes? whole episode. I reckon we do a year's episodes <laughs> on the couch with them, and then with the content and the value that you bring Thank to the you. table. So really, really, absolutely invaluable. Thoroughly enjoyed today. And um, but let's just talk about something that um, that you've talked about often in your training. And that's talking about visualization. Yeah. And I recently listened to a little snippet of uh, Bob Murphy, a famous AFL uh, footballer in regards to how you helped him kick the ball. Yeah. Now, how is a real estate coach yeah. help a footballer yeah, uh, kick a ball straight. Especially, especially me, who can't kick over a jam team. I get that. But um, no, so Bob Murphy, for those who are non-AFL aficionados, if you're thinking rugby league, you're thinking Wayne Junior Pierce. You're thinking, you know, someone who's just got an immense talent, and he had incredible talent. But uh, when he would uh, have a shot at goal, he felt the pressure of I, I've got to kick the goal. I must kick the goal. The team needs me to kick this goal. And what he'd do is. He'd end up, his last communication with himself before he actually went through the act of kicking the ball would be, whatever you do, don't miss the goal. And as we know, under all of the psychological sort of, um, you know, training and or programs that are out there in this day and age, the brain doesn't understand do or don't do, it just understands the dominant thought. So he had to rewire himself a little bit. So the professional coaches he was around that had played the game would say, well, count the steps, just have a counting routine going in your head. He would walk back, count the steps, come in and kick the ball into the man on the mark because he was just counting steps instead of actually playing the game. My view on him was that he would be a very natural individual who, if you could put him in the right, if you put the cook in the kitchen, they'd just bake. So what his coaches wanted him to do was to follow a recipe. He didn't have a recipe. He just baked by touch and feel. So in NLP language, neuro-linguistic programming, he'd be very kinesthetic, very touch and feel. So what happened was he was he was just distraught with the whole thing, felt the pressure every time he was you know kicking a goal, came up to see me, he said, mate, you don't get how challenging this is for me. And I'd known him since he was like, uh, my first sort of in- interaction with him at his club, the Western Bulldogs, was in 2003. So this is 2006, so three years after we'd had our first sort of coaching sessions. And you know I just asked him to picture what it was like for him as a young boy growing up a day at the beach. And he just got there so simply. He closed his eyes and he visualized. We'd be on a couch like this, and he would just visualize. He could feel the sand under his feet. He could he could hear the sounds, kind of, but not really. What he did though, he never heard the waves crashing on the ocean, but he felt them touch him. You know, he could feel the salt and the water on his skin. He was very, and I, I'm laughing, and he's he he breaks out of his visualization and says. What's going on? I go, as I thought, you're very kinesthetic. So, you know, feel the ball. Once you feel the ball, you'll know that you're holding a ball. Then then you go, how do you kick the ball? Well, it's just by touch and feel. So he went back and tried it straight away at training, felt it very comfortable. Uh, that next game, I watched that game from, uh, from a coach's box and just saw him have a shot for goal on a very tight angle. 
Uh, and I just said, put it in, get set up now for the centre square, this is all going to happen. And, and they're saying, oh, it's a pretty tough angle. He's been kicking poorly. I said, it's all over, don't worry. I could see, because I could see he'd gone through his routine, his new routine. He just started, he kicked the ball, didn't even look at it, just started running off, signalling that it was a goal wow. to get into the centre. And he just knew, and so he was away. So all he did there, Manos, was he practised what we all know, the brain loves seeing an expectation if you want a preview of the movie you're about to see. Now, a lot of people, unfortunately, they're running sort of these, I guess, movie previews that are horror movies. And and your brain will deliver them to you. Exactly. Because your subconscious mind is like a small child. They follow us around and they want to please us. It will do whatever you tell it to do, your subconscious mind. So whatever the movie is that we're playing, we will... Yeah, it'll manifest. It will manifest, yeah. Well, I learned this from a guy called Dr. Dennis Waitley, wrote a great book called The Psychology of Winning. Yeah. And I think last time I saw that on Amazon, I think you could get it for four bucks. It was like the cheapest purchase of all time. And I gave it to a good friend of mine who's a very good athlete. And uh, he just said, mate, this stuff's gold. Where, where do I watch this guy's TED Talk? I said, this was done very analog, mate. This was back. Yeah. This, was, this was written and recorded on cassette tape. I said, you'll have to Google what that even looks like. <laughs> um, but he'd worked with the US Olympic track team. He'd worked with Carl Lewis. What a lot of people don't know, before the, the Olympic Games where Carl Lewis was winning gold medal after gold medal, he'd twinged his hammy in the lead up to that. So they couldn't let him do a lot of running. He couldn't get miles into his legs because he'd put more strain on his hamstring. So Waitley would bring him into a room, dark room, get him to sit on a couch, visualise, you know, he'd go through his warm-up visualise going to the starting block, you know, f- how are you feeling? Can you hear your heart rate away you go? They have him hooked up to all the sort of measuring instrumentation that now measures like heart rate and, you know, all the stuff that GPS is doing for a lot of athletes, modern athletes. And they would watch him go through this rehearsal. And in his brain, he'd been running the race. So he got to the Olympic Games with this mental fitness but hadn't actually run the miles in his legs. And he, he Waitley would simulate the start of the gun. And he wouldn't move off the couch, but he'd run the race. And then he'd flow through the finish line. He would sort of, you know, do the warm down. He'd wake up in Waitley language. He'd wake up and he'd go, now talk me through that. He goes, yeah, I felt the Russian on my right. I felt the Jamaican on my left. I felt these things. And, I, you know, but I, I knew that if I started well, I finished well. Uh, I knew this stage of the race where I was going. They could actually mirror his readouts from when he physically did it and his mental imagery, there was about one one hundredth of a second difference between what he mentally imagined he was doing. That's amazing. So I figure so when you get that sort of lesson, it's got to work in other areas of your life as well. So mm. yeah, one of the things we talked about earlier was getting to an appointment early. And, mm. yeah, for me, that was my mental visualisation. I, I would be sitting there, I'd actually close my eyes and I'd, I'd think, okay, what, 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 what would this look like? What would this, if this appointment went really, really well, what would it look like? What would it feel like? What would it sound like? What would it mean to me? Yeah. If I went to an open where it was a struggling campaign, not much going on, I close my eyes and go, what would, it, what would this open really look like, sound like and feel like? What would it mean to me? if it could go as well as I want it to go. And I'd, I'd just try and have a movie preview that gave me an Academy Award winning performance, not a horror movie and no one shows up and you're going to have to pretend that someone come through to then let the owners think that someone came through. Yeah. And I'm thinking, the owners are across the road anyway watching, like how dumb are we in this business sometimes? Let's just be authentic and go, let's just say there's no one there or there is someone there, but let's be ready. You know, so yeah. I think as we prepare in the rehearsals, how we perform on the day, so when the curtain draws back, we want to give an absolute performance that's you know in line with our thinking and it all starts stops and ends with our visualization the ability to you know uh, professional golfers i've worked with i get them to visualize the shot before they play it 
and you see them on the TV camera it goes straight in there. You know, close well, you, you spoke about um, Aaron Bradley off camera, so let's yeah. talk about Aaron Bradley. Um, Aaron Bradley, who was Bradley. A, yeah, mm-hmm. he was a young young uh, guy who uh, won two Australian Opens before he was twenty one. Hadn't played the game before he was fifteen. You know, his coach at the time said, "Mate, I know you're working with him in his mental gymnastics, but he's got to understand you just don't win." You know, Australian Opens before you're 21. He's got a goal to win an Australian Open before he's 21. And I said, well, whatever you do, don't tell him that because he's got that goal and he wants to do it. Yeah. And um, and, and, and he was right. He couldn't win one. He won two. You know, but what Aaron was very good at was he was very good at visualising what he wanted to do. And then he would visualise it before he'd do it. Then he'd walk up and do it. So he had one of the best putting techniques uh, on what is now the USPGA Tour, but before he even went there. And we were just getting to, to visualise him actually doing it about three seconds before he did it. So he visualised it, played the putt, watched it go into the hole and go, okay, he knew the line, he saw the line in his mind and he hit the line. So when he got over the ball, all he had to do was see the line, know the line, hit the line. It took him less than three seconds to putt. You oh, see really? golfers sit over a ball for a long time. Yeah. My view is the longer you sit over it, yeah, the, the longer there is for more chance for doubt to come in. Yeah. Whereas if you see the line, know the line, hit the line and you visualise it in your mind... The, mo- the mind doesn't understand do or don't do. The mind doesn't understand reality and a high visual. It just what it understands is this is routine. I've done it before. I'll do it again. So yes. visualization is a really cool thing to use. Now, it came from professional sport for me. I brought it into professional selling and I coach people around it because I, I just think it makes sense and I know it's worked for me. And if it's possible for me, it's possible for them too. And, you know, so it works out incredibly well. It's got to be backed up with action. Like you can sit there and visualise buyers coming through or, you know, appraisals. But if you don't do the prospecting, so it, it's got to work together, doesn't sure. it? Sure, yeah, it, yeah. It's got, you've got to take action, you've got to practice and then visualise. So yeah. it's, it's a part of a, an amazing routine. It just yeah. You can't just do it. Well, to me, the visualisation is yeah. a bit like a gym membership card. It'll yeah. get you through the door, but it won't lift the weight. Yeah. So what will yeah. happen is it'll, it'll swipe you through. Yeah. And it'll get you into the arena, but you still got to play. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I just think everything has ever been achieved. Someone had to picture EV Real Estate Group starting for it to happen. It didn't. You didn't wake up one day and go, let's just do a real estate group, honey. No. You guys had a vision about what you wanted. Yeah. So think about that for a minute. So when you think about it, you're already doing this anyway. Yeah. Visual rehearsal. Someone had to visualize a building being near before the plans were sent to council. Mm-hmm. So we know that someone had to visualize it happening. Everything, everything that we've ever had as a human, someone had to look up into the stars and go, what would it be like to get there? To get there. So we yeah. have to visualize the vision of it. So yeah. I just bring it right back to what's the next task I've got to do? Visualize. What does that look like? Ideally, what would that be like for me? What would it look like, sound like, feel like? I got it now. Wow. Now my body starts going, let's go make that real now. Mm-hmm. So as we visualize it, we can bring it to life if yeah. we've got that sort of understanding to a yeah. degree. So I guess if if you look at it from a real estate perspective, so would would people visualise doing a, a great call session? So at the, uh, the beginning of the day, I'm going to visualise I'm going to have a great call session between three and four o'clock, and I'm just going to have the energy anything and so forth. Anything that you anything do, anything you do, you yeah. Can yeah. Do that. Well, if you yeah. think of little kids, you know, you watch little kids observing. You know, kids learn from three things. Number one, what they see. Number two, what they see. Number three, what they see. They just imitate what they see. Yeah. So little kids see a person walking around saying certain things, doing certain things, and they imitate them. Well, yeah. it's the same thing. It's just an imitation of you. What does the best version of me look like in a call session? I'm upright, so I've got a headset on. I've got energy, so I'm walking and talking. So that gives me flow. What it was, you know, So like you, mm. you can just see yourself making the calls. You, know, you don't have to hear the words. You're just seeing that you're actually... And auditorily speaking, most people can picture the house they were in when they were 10 years of age. 
they won't know what they were saying at the time, but they'll remember visually seeing it. You know, and, and people who can go through that exercise and imagine, remember it very vividly, like they can see it like it was yesterday. They can see their bedroom. They can imagine playing with their family members, you know, brothers and sisters. They can remember family dinners and the interaction. They might not hear the words, but they see the vision. We're, we're vision animals, realistically. We are designed. That's why we can do an open at 10 to 10.30 in the morning, get your names and numbers, don't see you again to our last opening in the afternoon, 4 to 4.30. See you walking up the path. I go, oh, this is that couple again. What's go, their name? And they go, because I'm really, really good with faces, but I'm shocking with names. So we visually retain yeah. information. So it's like, hey, you guys. Good to see you again. You stager. <laughs> hey, checking a restraining order on YouTube before the end of today. Anyway, look, I've got to get you to register in on this house again, just for this one. And, that's right, yeah, Maria. Man, of course, yeah. And and I might not see you for another two days and I don't remember your name again. Yeah. I remember the face. So we're yeah. very good at visually retaining information. That's why visualisation is That's why we remember houses helpful. as well. That's yeah. right. You yeah. remember the house. house exactly. Yeah, and I then you know, go, the van door. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember her name, but I, yeah. I remember that floor pad. It was really yeah. how it flew, flowed it's off amazing. this it room is amazing. here and yeah, how we retain information. That's really what it is. Awesome. So anyway, hopefully that helps, I guess. I 100% it does, yeah. Rick, thank you so much. Pleasure. Absolutely thoroughly enjoyed uh, the last three interviews we've done with you. Now, three so, weeks yeah, felt like so. about 40 minutes for me. I don't know how it felt for you. Yeah. It was like very amazing. good three weeks. Thanks for all the value that you bring into the industry. Pleasure. Like, thank you. Seriously, amazing. And thank congratulations you. on being a best-selling author of The Power of Connection. Thank you. If you haven't read it, it's a must-read um, publication. Or listen to it now. Or listen to it now. This is the new yes. reading, they say. Coming or, out. Audible. Well, so it was available from the 12th of July. So. July. 12th of July, audible.com, or available in some good bookstores, probably a lot of crap ones by now as well. I, don't know, but I think it's actually sold <laughs> Just out. Just grab one. Store. Just grab one. <laughs> yeah, get one. Thank you, Rick. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks, I look forward guys. to having you again at a, at a future you. episode. Thank you. Guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next, next week. Time. Bye.